When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we have the highly anticipated Julianne Taylor with us, and we are so excited to get to chat with her about all things Danganronpa, all things voice acting, and all of that jazz. Just so you know, this episode will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. And with that, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. I'm Caroline. I'm E Buki Mioda. Put it together and what do you get? E Buki Mioda. And I'm Tenko Chabashira. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumba podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Julie, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you you for having me. It's great to be with you all. Great to be with you virtually as well. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, Yeah, we're so excited to have you. We just cannot tell you how thrilled we are that you're here. Our, Our first question we wanted to ask you is like a little bit of a basic question. You've probably gotten it a million times, but everyone's story is so unique that we just love to ask anyway. How did you get into the voice acting scene? Yes, yes, sure. Um, Well, I was a theater major at UCLA, go Bruins. I just had a blast. Oh my gosh, I did so much theater there. I did a show every single quarter, I think. And then um, when I graduated, I went off to a touring uh, Shakespeare company and and we did Shakespeare in the schools, you know, in, in, in local Los Angeles schools, total blast. Uh, we did like condensed versions t- teaching the kids about Shakespeare. And then um, <clears throat> I took a little break from acting and um, for about four years after I graduated, you know, because it's, it's like, what do you do when, when you graduate? You know, you're kind of like trying to find your way. I know you ladies understand. <laughs> yeah. <Right? Yep. laughs> so um, I took, took about a four year break. I was still kind of doing the theater here and there, but then I was like, I miss it, you know, I miss acting. So I decided to take a voiceover class and really the class is is how I got into everything. I, I made a demo, a voiceover demo as a result of, you know, after the class. And, um, and then I gave it to all my friends in the class and somehow it made its way to somebody who was doing anime dubbing. And so it was actually Leah Sargent. She called me up and said, you know, I, we heard your demo and, you know, I want to bring you into this company. It was called Animes back in the day, you know, uh, founded by Kevin Seymour, who's, who's sadly no longer with us, but love Kevin. And he, he actually discovered so many voiceover uh, talent, talented people in Los Angeles, you know, uh, in the nineties. So um, he brought me in and I didn't even know what anime was. I was like, what is this? <laughs> in the booth, you know, and, and this was before the days they had, um, 
great technology too with like, now we have th a series of three beeps, right? I'm sure you've heard. You're in the booth, you're gonna say your lines and um, the timing is you get a series of three beeps and then you come in on the imaginary fourth beep. Well, back then we didn't have beeps. They were just coming out with that technology. So I was having to watch time code. And you know, if you've ever seen time code, it goes so fast. So I was very discombobulated and like, what the heck is this? And, you know, but um, interestingly, you know, it just took off from there. I mean, I met people and um, started to get more roles. What were some of your first roles that you had? Mm. Yeah, well, with him, with, with animes, actually the first role I had was from an anime called Hyperdoll. And I played this character um, called Mew, I think her name was. It was Mew and Micah. Or maybe I played Micah. Anyway, it's these two alien androids who, who were sent to Earth to like save the Earth from, from the giant monsters, right? But they were in disguise as high school girls. And they were, they're pretty lazy, like, you know, superheroes, superheroines. So it was a really funny show. And um, that's, that's really, that's, that's the very first role I ever played. And do you have like a favorite kind of character like you like to voice act for? Um, I know you probably love everyone you've played, but do you have any favorites? Yeah, I do. I um, I love playing uh, comedy. So I like the funny roles, you know. Um, in fact, Ibuki, you know, I love, I love that, you know, there's comedy in there. Just love that. And I also love characters who are extremely emotional, you know. So, and not just, oh, they're mad, they're sad, they're afraid, you know. But more um, complicated emotions, you know they're mad and they're sad or, you know, uh, stuff, stuff like that, because that's sort of where I live. I mean, I'm a feeling emotional person to begin with. I think a lot of actors are. So I, if I get an emotional scene in a, anything in a game or an anime, I'm, I'm so happy. I know those all are the most fun to do because they're just like so charged with complexities that make us human it's For awesome sure. I, I love it yeah. yeah I feel like Tanko definitely had some of those scenes with like just the raw emotion and yeah for sure yeah degenerate male yeah. <laughs> oh. yes yes I quote her all the time yes indeed uh, yeah don't we all <laughs> don't we all right I mean, really? <laughs> we also wanted to ask what has been your favorite fan experience that you've ever had and if we can also ask like a, as a little follow-up to that we were also curious if we could ask what the weirdest fan experience you've ever had has been um maybe those are the same experience probably not I don't know <laughs> true <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're not they're not but I love that question because you know there's some there's some weird stories out there about you know fans and stuff but um well I'll never forget going to my first anime expo it was right after Hyperdoll came out like in the early 90s you know and I, again I didn't know what anime was and Kevin was like I want to take you to this thing you know let's go we're going to promote the show and it was like I felt like a little kid like walking into a big giant you know stadium like looking around like what the heck you know I think I would say my my favorite fan experiences have come a little later in my career, you know, where um, I've, you know, done certain games, you know, I get fan mail that's, you know, people say like, I played the game that you were in and, you know, it changed my life or, you know, I was feeling down one day and I just 
you know, I play this game and I feel so much better. I mean, that's like really, really touching and humbling. I have some fans, you know, the Fire Emblem series game has, has a big fan base and um, I play mother daughter in that game series. And I had a mother daughter contact me with a letter, actually a written letter. And they, they said, you know, it's funny because we play this game and you play the mother daughter. And here we are playing this game as, you know, mother daughter. And we're, we're just so appreciative because they were really struggling with their mental health at that time. And playing the game helped them to de-stress, to downregulate, you know, and I think this is the power of games, right? I mean, they help us do that. I, I, um, I have a son and I uh, watched him throughout his youth middle school and high school play games. He never played any of my games, but, <laughs> but <laughs> he was like more into Call of Duty and then the sports ones, you know, like FIFA and um, uh, the fo- the other, the football one, Madden. But, um, but I watched how it changed his mental health. You know, I, I watched how it, how it helped him to settle the, some anxieties and, you know, so I think in that, that regard, it's like so encouraging, right? I mean, you, you guys have that experience, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's true. Just, yeah. yeah. Right. I feel though, I will say your, your view is so progressive <laughs> on it. Cause my parents were <laughs> in the camp of video games, bad for your brain, which I disagree, right. but yeah. Right. Right. And, and I, I mean, I get that my, my son did play that. What's the name of that one? The terribly violent one. There, I can't, the name, the name is escaping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my right, God right? is Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft but I don't Auto. know. That's it. That's it. it? That's it. <laughs> it. You know, and I, I was like, oh, you know, I, 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 I had heard it was really violent, and I'm not a gamer myself, so you know, I don't. I, I was sort of like patiently ignoring that phase, <laughs> you know, and I was very happy when he got to those sports games. Let me oh. tell you. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, you're playing FIFA? You know, okay. Hey, you want the next one? You know? We gotta get him into Dong and Rumpa. We gotta right? get him to try that. I know, totally. Yeah, but he's he's such a contrarian though. He'll you know, he wouldn't I don't think he'd play any of my games. <laughs> That's amazing. Do, so do you have a weird fan experience that you would like to oh, share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So at one of the later anime expos I went to, well, there's always the people that come up to you and are like remember that scene you did, you know, in, in episode, you know, 10 at the end where you had that monologue is so-and-so, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, don't remember it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I want to say, yeah, I do. But like, you know, I, so I had that experience one time where they were just like, they, they had memorized the monologue, you know, again, which is awesome because there's some incredible writing, right? Incredible writing. But I just, I didn't have the heart to go, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> but, but the one that was sort of um, even weirder than that was the person wanted to walk me to my car when the, when the panel was over. And, you know, you know, I'll walk you to your car if you're leaving, da, 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 you know, and Tony Oliver, right, who directed the game, yep. uh, was there, swooped in and said, I'll be walking Miss Taylor to her car. There you go. So, oh my gosh. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like he's a not a degenerate guy. male, right? He he's not, not a degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I mean, it, it kind of runs the gamut for everything. I did have a um, 
couple years ago on Twitter, there was a fan who made a jack-o'-lantern out of a character I played, Emil, from the near, uh, the near games. Yeah. And it was like, cause you know, uh, Emil, my character becomes like this disembodied head, right? For, for part of the game. So they made this really cool looking jack-o'-lantern as an Emil head. It was the That's coolest really thing. cool. That, I love that one. That's so cool. That's so impressive. I know, right? I, oh I look at that picture every um, fall, every like Halloween, because it's like really cool. That, that's rad. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so uh, I was particularly excited when you reached out with your Myers-Briggs personality type, because I love Myers-Briggs. I'm the person that got everyone in here in the, on the train um, back when we were in like middle school. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so you had sent your type to us. Uh, what, so what caused you to take the test this, in this particular instance that you took it? Okay, I, I wanted to ask you guys about this because, so I had this really great day job in the 90s. I, I worked for this environmental nonprofit in Los Angeles and we went around and taught kids how to plant trees. They brought in this specialist on personality and they had us take these personality tests, but as it related to people at your work, like how do you get along with the coworker who's not like your type personality type, right? And I am desperately trying to remember, I, I swear it was Myers-Briggs, but I feel like in the nineties, it was such a different incarnation because all I remember was I, I was something like an introverted amiable at that oh. time. It was blah, 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 amiable, like an introverted amiable or an extroverted amiable, you know, or blah, 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 analyst, you know? Hmm. And, and I don't know if that rings a bell, but I, I tried to look it up online and see what, if it had that incarnation in the nineties, but I couldn't find anything, but, um, so maybe, you know, but I, I was listening to your podcast preparing for this and I came across that episode oh. and I, you know, so, and I, I was fascinated with it back at, at that job. And so I thought, Oh, I'll just take the test and see, you know, <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> That's awesome. I, Cool. Oh, we inspired you to take the test. Um, you did. Of, you so did. the test you took, so the Myers-Briggs test was created in the fifties, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so what yeah. probably is the case is that whatever, um, institution came and like administered the test, they probably kind of came up with their own version of it. So they didn't have to pay for the like rights of Myers-Briggs. That's likely yeah, what that happened there. Um, Yeah. I, I'm I'm a total nerd. I was just reading about this <laughs> earlier today. So if you could share with our listeners what your Myers-Briggs type is and how you felt it resonated with you. Like, do you feel like it was accurate? Do you feel like there were things that, you know, didn't fit you and all, all right. of that? No, basically it definitely fit me. I mean, I'm an advocate personality. Okay. And since you, you know, you can tell me more about it. <laughs> you can tell me more than I know. So I'm an I, INFJ dash A and then why the slash INFJ slash T or dash T, right? Okay, gotcha. Um, so, you know, basically what cracked me up about it was that it's all feeling, you know, like, oh, the, you know, I scored really high on the intuitive and the feeling pieces. So it, it totally resonated, completely made sense for me. That's awesome. We, we are the same that's type, awesome. me and you, which is really funny. Yeah, I love that. 
Yes, introvert <laughs> actors. Right? Woo! I love it. I love it. And Marin is an ENFJ, so she's very similar, except she's an extrovert. <laughs> Woo! People. Ah. And, and then I'm an INTJ, so actually both Marin and I are one letter off. So we're yeah. all in the same oh, family, which is cute. But yeah, we put in that episode, I believe we put Sakura as the INFJ, which um, won't mean a ton to you. I know you haven't played the games, but she is one of our favorite characters. Like she is strong and confident, but in like her own quiet way, like she doesn't have to be controlling the room to make a huge impact. And like, we love her. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's fun to um, put the, you know, um, see the characters through the lens of the personality test, yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, driving back over to Tony Oliver, actually, uh, I had the pl- I've taken some voiceover classes with him virtually, which has been really, really cool. But um, I was curious nice. what it was like working with him on this project in particular. If you have any memories. You know yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Tony's so great. I've known Tony for years and I had known him for years by 2013. I think we started working together in the early 2000s. We, gosh, we worked on Last Exile. We worked on Planetes, you know. Um, I just, you know, I, I adore Tony. And I respect him so much as, as a performer, as a director. Um, he has a, such an um, expansive theater background. So, and you can kind of tell with those directors when you get in the booth, I think they just, you know, he, he's definitely an actor's director because he's an actor himself. So they just kind of know how to, how to talk to actors, you know? So he's just brought out the most wonderful performances out of me, you know? And it's, um, I, I feel like uh, we're a real team when I'm working with Tony. That, when I recorded, so I recorded Ibuki in 2013, it was October. And um, I did not audition um, for the role. They just cast me. So, and by this time, you know, I had done a lot of work with Bang Zoom. And um, I'd been been with Bang Zoom since the beginning, you know, when after I, you know, kind of met the people in Animes, I had met Wendy Lee and she took me under her wing and she brought me over to Bang Zoom and Eric introduced me to Eric Sherman from Bang Zoom. And um, that was back in the day when, you know, Bang Zoom didn't have their own studios. They were renting studios all around town. So we'd go here and there. It was like never one studio, you know, great fun. But um, so when I got cast as a bookie, I, you know, it's normal for voice actors to get this kind of email occasionally you get cast as this character this it's this game you you may or may not get a description of what it's about you may you know you have to be ready to show up ready to work whatever it is you know and normally usually the director will give you the 411 you know tell you all about the game and your character and da, 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 when you get there so you don't know ahead of time so as you know, voice actors were very good at cold readings. We have to be, right? Because we, we have to work on our feet all the time, very spontaneously. So, um, but this particular day, I was so exhausted and I was so stressed out. My, my husband had just um, received a very um, uh, critical medical diagnosis, like a life-threatening medical di- diagnosis. And I myself had rheumatoid arthritis 
So I was in terrible physical pain. And I was coming from that day job, from, from that where I was working for the environmental nonprofit. So I was juggling all kinds of things. And I just was thinking, okay, it's Bang Zoom. You know, I knew Tony was directing his Tony. I'll just go in and, you know, it'll be mellow. Hopefully it'll be a role. Like I can play equally, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I get there and, you know, I'm like so tired. I'm almost in tears. Right. And we were moving too. That was the other thing. We were moving. Oh my gosh. I know. Right. So stressful. I get there and uh, Tony says, okay, this character is really high energy and really loud and fun, you know, <laughs> how am I going to pull this off? I just, I don't know, you know, and I did, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry so bad right there and then. And I, I just thought, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I, I just, I'm exhausted, you know, but as they say in showbiz, you know, the show must go on. Right. So we, we do it, you know, come hell or high water. <laughs> and, and uh, thankfully, you know, she, the character, gave me energy to do it. I mean, you can imagine, you cannot do Ibuki Miyota halfway, you know, there's just, you can't. So I basically had no choice, you know, I think I went, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a real coffee drinker, but I think I went and raided the, you know, the jelly bean jar at the studio. <laughs> This is like, I need a little sugar left here to get through this, this session. But, you know, in that case too, Tony was wonderful. I mean, he, um, like I said, you know, he can, he can just pull the best out of you, you know, and that's a mark of a great director, right. you know, and not by telling you what to do, but by describing it and, you know, the emotions behind it and here's the scenario and, you know, she's this way or that way, you know, so, but it's interesting because in, in preparing for this interview, I went back and I found somebody who, um, who, who made a compilation of Ibuki lines online on YouTube. It's 10 minutes. Oh my okay. gosh. It's, and I hadn't heard Ibuki in years. I hadn't heard her in years. And I'm, I'm listening to this for 10 minutes and it's all coming back to me. Like, wow, the struggle I was going through in that damn booth at the time. And like, how did I do it? How did I do this? So I was, I was very delighted to, to hear it. And it was just like a great reminder of, you know, what you, what you, what you can pull out of your life, you know, when you don't think you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And just talk about like Ibuki being one of the most iconic truly an energetic performances. So, I mean, you really pulled it off because fans love her. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, and I, I love the fan comments on the video, on the, uh, YouTube, on the compilation video. They're like, every once in a while, like probably like every like seventh or eighth comment is like, hi, um, hi, Tenko. <laughs> like I sound like the other character, which I, I hear it too. I'm like, leap. The, excuse my friend, you know, those are like, those are pretty close together. Sometimes I hear it too. They're, they're similar, you know, however, they do have their differences, but, um, but also we recorded Tenko so much later, right? I think it was four years ago or something. So there was a lot of time that went, went by between between those recordings, or at least that's my excuse. (laughs) 
<laughs> for those for those characters sounding similar. Oh. <laughs> Do you enjoy hearing more about Myers Briggs relating to the Dong and Rumpa characters? Become a patron for as little as $2 a month to get access to extra episodes, including one where Caroline dives way more into Myers Briggs in future games. It's a pretty lit time there, and we'd love to see you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. We are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast. We would love to see you, and we would love to hear from you. Leave a voice message on anchor.fm to have the chance to get your voice featured in a future episode. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. So Ibuki is very high energy. She's definitely very random and pulls references from nearly every aspect of life you know she's got that punk rock vibe and then you have tanko on the other side who is very passionate about women's rights you know she stands up for herself and lets everyone know exactly what she's feeling and what she wants and what she deserves and you know we were wondering between these characters we know you haven't played the games but from what you know from recording and those little descriptions I just gave what you think might be similar between you and the characters you voiced um you know probably uh when I was a little younger Ibuki for sure and as I'm getting a little older I can appreciate the more Tenko aspects of standing up for yourself and being a little more definitive I think which comes with age you know too so I definitely relate to both of them, but if, but I, I live closer to Ibuki, I think, than, than Tenko for sure. Oh, that's yeah. rock. That rocks. <laughs> so Ibuki is the ultimate musician. And we had to ask if you found yourself at karaoke with no time to prepare, what would be your go-to song? You know, that's a great question. And, and I have a confession. I am a karaoke virgin. Oh! <gasps> Really? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, you got to make your debut. Yeah. Not here. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> you know, and it's a trip because when I was in high school in the 80s, I was in a band and I was the lead singer. So I do sing. I do sing. That's However, so cool. I haven't sung in years. And so, and it is true, you know, use it or lose it, right? It's like, I can't even sing anymore hardly because I haven't been singing. I mean, I sing at home and stuff, but, uh, but karaoke, no, no. Um, but, uh, if, if I had to do it, 
<laughs> if I found myself in that situation, it would definitely be some kind of chick rock song, right? I mean, if, if I chose the most simple one, and it's, it's probably, I think it's a very popular one for karaoke because I've seen it online because I was one time like told my husband, let's do a karaoke party at home, you know? So I was looking up all these songs. So um, Joan Jett, I love rock and roll oh. like, because very simple, right? Uh, yeah. Or a crowd pleaser. A crowd pleaser. Or, you know, I, you can't go wrong with like the Go-Go's. I mean, I remember singing Our Loops Are Sealed in, in, our, in our high school talent show. Um, and I love the lyrics because I'm a lyrics freak. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, Cindy Lauper's another one, right? I was, we were channel surfing the other night. We saw Up in the Air where she's doing the karaoke scene. Yes. yes. You know? And um, which is such a great scene because, you know, we all know she's, really can sing and that was a character choice that she made is like okay this character probably can't sing you know very well so I love that she made that choice because it was so sort of um uh you know just kind of nasally and and subdued right brilliant right. brilliant scene yeah it's true and may and also I can't leave out Stevie Nicks you know oh. I mean but yeah, I might be like a little scared to try. As a follow-up, um, can we ask what the name of your band was? Yes. Um, the name of my band was Minority of One. Ooh, and I love that. It was three guys and me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was iconic. I love that so much. And so you just sang, you didn't play, did you, or did you play instruments as well? I uh, played the tambourine and that was oh my it. gosh. I mean, that takes great skill. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I, you know, if you got to keep the beat, there is that, but, um, but I had, I had taken piano, but you know, I really wasn't probably good enough to play in the band. Um, and I didn't, but, um, but you know, that really helped my voiceover career because in my voiceover career, I've had to sing, you know, and it, and to me, it helps to sing in character because you can kind of hide behind the character. Like I remember singing, I had to sing for the character of Emile in, in the near games and, um, whew, you know, Wendy Lee directed that and she is a singer and she, she really helped me through that because that, that was some crazy singing in there. You know, I was like, how am I going to get through this? Oh yeah. I have Wendy. Okay. <laughs> She will get you through. I totally got me through. She totally got me through. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, and also after COVID is over, the three of us are heading out to LA to do karaoke with, if you know, Jason Wishnov, who play, who is also a voiceover and game creator. He does karaoke. So you'll come with us. We'll have a band uh, <laughs> and okay. go have fun. <laughs> a whole party. Yeah. What are you, what are you guys going to sing? What are we going to sing? Ooh. I thought about this so much actually, because I'm just stuck inside my house all day. Right. Oh, I would do man. I feel like a woman by oh, Twain. That's a great oh, yeah, one. Man. Classic. Love oh, yeah. her. oh my God. Great lyrics, right? Talk about lyrics. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably do, um, total eclipse of the heart i love bonnie tyler Tyler. she's so dramatic and it just i would have i would probably have a couple drinks and then i would (laughs) go and go for it (laughs) 
that, that's a hard one. To it say. is hard. That's a hard one. I'm practicing in preparation. <laughs> I think I would. Uh, so my usual, like my personal go-to karaoke song, I don't do it karaoke very often, but um, I do sing like we, the three of us were in choir all throughout like elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, my go-to karaoke song is always Black Horse in a Cherry Tree by Katie Tunstall. I really like, I, I, I've always liked to sing stuff by Katie Tunstall because I have a very low range singing range for a woman and yeah. she like matches my range and that's like the most notable song that she has that's my good nice. that's a good one too it's very up-tempo and yeah fun. it's fun <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah good choice <laughs> thank you, thank thank you. <laughs> our next question for you is so we know we love tanko you know she has the classic line degenerate males she's always calling them out um but we were curious as to what are some of the challenges of being a woman working in a male dominated field. And do you have any advice for young women looking into getting into the field of voice acting? Yeah, um, you know, I'm lucky because I never really experienced hardcore, um, you know, bias in in my voiceover career. I've experienced it a little bit adapting because now I've been adapting, I've been script adapting Mm -hmm. uh, since 2015. And because um, my son went off to college and I, I just was like, what am I going to do? I need more work and I actually need to make more money. So I went to all my um, voiceover clients and I said, you know, I want to try script adapting, see if I can do it. And um, Eric actually from Bang Zoom was lovely. Uh, he really gave me a chance at adapting scripts. Um, so he's not a degenerate male. We're going to make a list. <laughs> <laughs> there are only two two kinds <laughs> right? so um but I will say being in more of the production side of things which I am now and, and later in my career producing adapting casting directing all that um you know sometimes yes there is a of course I know you guys are familiar with it there's a vibe it's like you're at a table and the male voice just gets listened to in a different way or you know it gets more emphasized, or there seems to be more or authority there, and it's it's so annoying, right? And it's annoying when it happens time and time again. So, but I, I've only experienced that a couple times, and I always sort of just tell myself like, okay, you know, the energy that you you put toward maybe being angry or bitter, which is appropriate, you know, just turn that energy into you know, honing your craft because I'm not like a really big fan of wasting my energy. You know, it's, you'll, you'll understand this more and more, the older you get, you know, you, you don't have energy to waste anymore in your youth. You do, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you can't when, when you get a little older. So I just kind of turn it around and say, all right, I'm going to put this energy into really challenging myself to become a better adapter or a better director, you know? So that's kind of how I've handled it. And you know, what's so great is it's changed over the years. I mean, now there's so many more women directors, right? It's so encouraging. Women engineers, I mean, now when, you know, the past, gosh, three three to five years, you go into the studio now and you see so many more women engineers, which I always just, I'm just so encouraged when I meet those ladies, you know? Um, and, and a lot of them are, directors too they're 
they're and actors, they're they're triple threats. You know, we used to say you'll appreciate this. We, we um in musical theater, right? We say a triple threat is an actor, singer, dancer, right? Right. Right, Caroline. So um, you know, these these women who are engineers, they're triple threats, they're engineers, they're actors, they're directors, they're doing it all. And you know, that didn't that wasn't really the case when I first started. So that's really, really cool. But, and I do have, um, I have a handful of women and a handful of men who have been really, uh, have been really helpful in my career. And, you know, you just kind of know, and you pick and you pick and choose and you get wise to who, who's, who's wanting to help you and their motives. And, you know, you just go for it with, with the help of others. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a follow-up question for folks who are interested in, um, adaptation or script work what would your recommendation be and in moving in that direction you know that's a really great question I had a I had somebody email me recently this year and she said you know I'm in the biz but I you know she's in casting and and but I really want to adapt what do I do you know and talk about fan experience she she cited a show I adapted and that's never happened to me you know she started um, Tower of God I don't know if you're familiar with the title, but Tower of God, oh, I was wow. adapting some of those. I was so blown away. I'm like, oh my God, somebody noticed. Like, and she said, she referenced this emotional scene, right? So that was uh, really, I was so, it was just sort of such a great compliment, but that is a very good question. I think that there's not enough uh, classes out there on adapting scripts. I know that Bang Zoom does give a class, so that that would be the way in, really. Yeah. Um, and I know there are individuals who coach people. You know, I've I've done it a few times myself. Um, but you know, you kind of just have to get under somebody's wing and get, get them to give you a chance. I did some um, pro bono work in the beginning, which means you don't get paid, but you get the experience. Yeah. And actually, right? Tony Oliver was actually another one who gave me a chance. Um, it was at Bang Zoom, and right after I talked to Eric, they gave me this show, and I kind of got my feet wet and learned. And it wasn't pretty, let me tell you. I mean, you think you think you're, you know, you've done voiceover all these years. You think, oh, I can, I can do that. I can adapt scripts. Um, you know, no, not, not totally. So, I like everybody else started out and had to learn, you know, and I wasn't good. And you know, it was Kirk Thornton who told me. He told about adapting. He told me, um, you have to be bad before you can get good. And that was such great advice because everybody's starting out with something new, but script adaptation in particular, it's awkward, you know, and you got to get your bearings, you know, and if you don't, if you're not asking questions and you don't have somebody to kind of take you on your wing to ask those questions, it's, it's difficult, but and I didn't give up. That's, that's the thing. You know, I, I went to more and more people and script adapters are in demand. So I think there probably will be more classes that come up, you know? Yeah. But I would say e- email people and ask, you know, how can I learn this? Right. Or ask to like shadow maybe someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I has attracted me to voiceover. I'm obviously I'm a podcast producer. We all are here, you know, but um, 
that's something I, I love is I'm, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's something that I love about voiceover though, is that it, I, when I look at voice actors who are working, it's like, they're doing a lot. And that, I love that. Cause life can get so boring. If you're just doing one thing, you got to spice it up. You got to make it fun. Absolutely. Couldn't agree yeah. with you more. 100%. It's true. 100%. You know that. And so remember the job I said I had with the, the environmental nonprofit, we used to go into science classrooms all the time. Cause you know, it, was science related to plant trees. And these science teachers um, would have, you'll appreciate this, Maddie. Um, these science teachers would have this poster up on the, the wall that said all of the uh, uh, things you could go into if you were gonna major in science or biology or you know anything science related. Um, and I just thought it was the most brilliant poster because it just opened up your mind to such a bigger picture, right? And I always thought, if only we had that in theater school, right? <laughs> There's so many options. People don't even know about <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really true. Um, well, I mean, let me know if you want a little a shadow. I'll, I'll be your little hey. assistant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll- hey, uh, you know, like I said, adapters are in demand. So yeah. let's chat. I wanted to know if you could go back in time and give young Julie one piece of advice in pursuing acting, what would it be? After knowing all you know now. I think it would be to um, ask questions. You know, I think starting out, I didn't, I didn't ask enough questions. I think it's later on, you know, you get a little more confident. So you start asking more and more because you're not maybe embarrassed to ask, you know, whereas when I was younger, it's like, you have this feeling like you should already know, you know? So I think I would say, ask questions, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. And if you have any other advice for our listeners, a lot of our listeners would love to be voiceover actors. So what would you say for, for all those folks out there? Yes. I mean, I personally, from the school of voice acting, the, the emphasis should be on the acting part, okay? We can all do funny voices and that has a role and it can be important, you know, but the acting is to me what should be emphasized. Uh, you can do a funny voice, but if you can't act and you, don't, you haven't had training, you're gonna struggle. You know, you're gonna struggle to get cast. Um, so, for people starting out or people who are interested, I would say um, just concentrate on that theater training, concentrate on those acting classes, the voiceover classes, 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 the more training you can get. I know everybody says this, you know, but it's so true. Um, the more experience you have, even with reading out loud, you, you know, you have nieces and nephews, read, read out loud to them, read those picture books, do, do all the characters in, in the picture book you know, and, and, and try out different voices. And I would also say, listen to, you know, whether it's television or radio or movies or whatever, identify where you would get hired. You know, if you have a higher fun and perky voice, you know, and you hear a, you know, a a commercial on television that's, you know, I don't know, um, come to McDonald's for the new shamrock shake, you know, or whatever identify where you would get hired because 
you have to really know who, you know, your sound and who, who's going to hire you. And you have to know your strengths, you know, and you have to know your weaknesses too. I mean, I am not somebody who has a thousand voices, you know, hence the, the Ibuki Tenko (laughs) 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 reference from, from before, you know, and that's okay. You know, so I, you have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I think that that certainly helps you and helps you know what to audition for, what not to audition for. You know, I think when we first start out and you get auditions and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all of them, you know? And it's like, no, you're not really right for this one or that one. You know, of course it's hard to say no and you don't want to say no. And so we try anyway and, you know, we learn. This is part of how we learn. Um, but I, I would say those, those things. I would also say um, when you have the opportunity to work, be nice to everyone, you know, be kind to everyone. The receptionists at the front desk, the interns, the sound engineers. I um, always make it a point to acknowledge our wonderful sound engineers because they're a part of your team they can make you sound good or make you sound bad. <laughs> so there's a, there's a little bit of a selfish motivation in there. However, you know, they're your best friend when it comes to being in the booth and in the room. And guess what? They move, they freelance too. So they move around from studio to studio. They, they'll either recommend you or not recommend you. And so, you know, that kind of paying attention to not just, oh, you know, you, 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 really want to say hello to the executive. Okay, that's important too. But it's also how you treat everybody in the environment, right? And then um, also I would say, um, and I need to take my own advice on this one. Thank you notes, they are gold. And, and I gotta tell you, written, handwritten thank you notes. I mean, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago, I was directing him in a show, he was new in town and he wrote me a handwritten thank you note and I about fell off my seat. <laughs> It's so rare in this day and age, right? But guess who I want to work with again? And guess who I'm going to push to get cast if I'm casting something, right? Right. Right. So it's just going the extra mile. Like I have a few people who check in in with me from time to time. And even, even an email, they say, hey, you know, happy spring, you know, just checking in with you. How are you? I've been doing this and that. And, you know, I can be heard here and there and, you know, hope you're doing well. So again, you know, it doesn't have to be bugging somebody, but maybe a few emails or a, or a thank you note once a year goes a long, long way. Right. And our last question for you is how can our listeners go that extra mile for you? How can they show you their support and what are some current projects that you can promote? Um, wow. How can they, how can they go the extra mile? I feel like I need to go the extra mile for them. I mean, you know, the, the fans are so great. You know, live your best life would, would be, you know, the, the first short, shorter answer. Um, and, and let's all challenge everything together. You know, life is so hard, especially right now with, with what we've been through in the pandemic and then post, post-pandemic, dare I say that word, post, post-pandemic, <laughs> on our way to post-pandemic, right? And, you know, I think... Um, Friendship is so important in these times. Uh, and you ladies are an example of that. You know, it's reflected in your podcast. 
we, we just, uh, it's like the song lyrics, right? We, we get by with a little help from our friends. So happy to be amongst friends is what I would say. And also, um, so what I have coming up is I have a fun little series, web series called Enchantimals. Maybe you've heard of it. It's Mattel puts it out, produces it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I play a character called Felicity Fox. And um, uh, Enchantables is this great, great series. Talk about friendship. That's like the theme of the show, right? And, and caring is our everything. That's their key phrase. Caring is our everything. So that's, there's a new season of that coming out by the end of the year. So you can look for that for sure. We just recorded that like a few months ago. And I recorded from my home studio, which was, you know, so wonderful that so many of us can do that in, in pandemic times and yay for technology, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Yeah. And then um, I, I just um, had my first experience being a casting director for a um, animated kids feature. And it's a sweet story again about friendship. There's a theme for our day, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it, the peculiar and strange are two, um, girls who uh, are peculiar and strange, but it's this wonderful, uh, genuine story about their friendship and how they, how they, um, you know, are just themselves. So that's coming out. Um, we just cast, we just did the casting session and, um, recorded that. And then that'll come out next year. So I can probably try to announce that on Twitter. I'm not the greatest at social media. I, I need an assistant or um, somebody to help me. Um, uh, but I'll try to announce that. And then um, for on the adapting front, I am working on a very exciting series. I'm just so happy to be on this series um, because I'm a soccer fan. And uh, this series is, is about the life of the Argentinian soccer star, Diego Maradona. Well, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and, right. and they, they've just done a marvelous job. They shot in, um, it's already shot in original Spanish. So we're, we're dubbing it into English. Um, they shot in um, Argentina, Spain, Italy, and Mexico. And uh, it's a docudrama series. So they have included some historical footage. Oh, a lot of historical footage of the real Madonna and uh, Maradona, pardon me. And, and, you know, the characters who are in the series. And um, these actors are incredible. You know, you don't really... Um, you, you, when you're adapting scripts and it's live action, right? So you're, you're um, having to go back and look at um, the lines so closely. So you're repeating it and repeating it, and repeating it. And it's just so wonderful when the actors are good. You know, it's a delight. You know, you're just like, you feel like you're watching this performance like every day when you're adapting a script that's, you know, there's these masterful uh, performances. So that's coming out at the end of October. And, um, and it's gonna be on um, Amazon Prime. So if, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can get it for free. Um, but you gotta mark the, um, you have to mark the choices of English dub. Otherwise, I think it probably would just come up automatically in, um, in Spanish. Uh, by the way, speaking of soccer, um, I don't know if you heard, but Los Angeles is about to get its first women's soccer team really uh -huh. no That's way i know called angel city and um right i know and That's and, nice. and um it, you know there's a lot of celeb founders but natalie portman is, is is like one of the big ones you know um 
uh, starting it all. And then, and of course, you know, a lot of women from our, our national soccer team are, you know, behind it and are going to play. And, you know, so it's very exciting. They just started announcing um, players and coaches, but that's something to really look forward to in um, 2022. I think they're making their debut in spring of 2022. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's really so, cool. So on the girl power front. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, listeners, you know how to support Julie. Please check her out on Twitter. Keep an eye out for all of these cool things that she's a part of. And yeah, we are so, so glad that you came and talked to us today. This has been an absolute blast and just so like educational too. I'm excited to watch for the soccer team to come out now. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great to be with you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our amended Bedwed Behead. Today, we are going to be choosing between Tenko and Ibuki, of course, because Julie joined us today. And we are going to also be picking Sakura because Sakura and Julie have the same Myers-Briggs type. And we thought it'd be kind of cool to include her. So uh, we're going to go around the Zoom room here and share what prompts we came up with. I picked, who would you want to make a quilt for? That's kind of interesting because my prompt is who would you want to get help from at a bed, bath and beyond, which I feel like so, is similar to a quilt. I mean, quilts go on beds. So, so. <laughs> my prompt is very different, but <laughs> mine is who would you want to go swimming with dolphins with? Oh, I mean, okay, so we got quilt, BBB dolphins we have bed bath and beyond which would you like to bath and which would you like to beyond oh i was thinking the dolphins would is be the bath the bath because they're in the water and, and the then... bed is the quilt and the beyond See, I, and the is, beyond is bed bath and beyond <laughs> name that store what bed, was, bath, what was the thought process with that I just would they, like to know. They're beyond the bed and bath. They sell a lot a lot of kitchenware, so obviously they're beyond the bed and the bathroom. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, Is it right. make a quilt for them? Yes, you are making okay. a quilt for them. So I would, uh, the person I want to help me out at Bed Bath & Beyond would be Ibuki Miyota, because... Honestly, she would make the retail experience so much more enjoyable because usually when I'm in a store, I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want help. And I would really need someone to really want to help me. And Ibuki would be that gal. And I love her so much. So that that is who I would want to bed, bath and beyond serve me. <laughs> uh, I would make a quilt for Tenko. I feel like she would... I would I would make it like a unity quilt like from Parks and Rec and she would love that because she is so cute and we would make it like a lesbian quilt and then yeah that's that's it and it would be good <laughs> and then uh, I would uh, swim with dolphins with Sakura because I do have a little bit of a fear of open ocean water and so I think that she would be a very good physical and mental support system during that so that I would actually be able to have fun nice nice. I have my answer um and it's a little similar well no it's we have one answer in common Caroline um I would also choose Ibuki to help me out of Bed Bath Beyond because I agree with you that would be a much more fun retail experience than any I've ever had before she would just you know make things exciting brighten up my day you know 
Um, and then I think I would choose Sakura to make a quilt for because I think that she is just like, I don't think I'd be able to make a quilt very well, but I think that she'd be very forgiving of me and like would still be appreciative of it and it would be all good. Um, <laughs> and then I would probably choose Tenko to go swimming with dolphins with because I think Tenko's great and um, it would be a, such a fun time. And I think that we both would get along pretty well and just like have a lot of fun with, you know, seeing dolphins and it would just be like a happy, fun time. <laughs> yeah. My answer is also different. Um, I would have Sakura help me at Bed Bath & Beyond. One of our patrons does a fantastic Sakura impression. And so mine's going to be horrible in comparison, but like, couldn't you just imagine you're at Bed Bath and & Beyond and you need like green towels and Sakura is just there to be like, they're this way. And then like, leave. You don't have to talk to anyone else in your experience. You get it done quickly. She lifts the heavy objects for you. <laughs> walk out of there with everything you need. Oh, 10 out of 10. Um, I would take Tenko to go dolphin swimming with. Um, yeah, she's super fun. That would be a great day. And then I would make a quilt with Ibuki because I feel like Ibuki is a very fashionable person and she would push me to go above and beyond what I thought was expected in a quilt you know the quilt would just be next level and that's how I feel about it nice yeah. amazing <laughs> well listeners let us know who you would want to go riding on dolphins with by leaving us a voicemail at anchor.fm we love hearing your lovely voices and also, you can let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're Ultra Hope Girls podcast pretty much everywhere. And if you would like to show your support for our podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We so appreciate it. It's a great way to help the podcast out. And if you would like even more Ultra Hope Girls content, we do have a Patreon if you'd like to support us on there. The lowest tier is just $2 a month and you get access to a bunch of awesome episodes. It's going to be really great. But yeah, have a great day, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.